he has sparkling eyes a lively manner grace of movement and an almost absurdly youthful appearance when he speaks there is often a, the hint of a smile behind his gaze which gives away his inner thoughts and disarms the listener above all he has charm simply to be in his presence is a delight greetings mes amis and welcome to the second of our two-part series of podcasts on jean milan today it's the man behind the masks otherwise known as ten not boring things about jean milan you won't hear in history class i've been delaying this because to be fair it won't have much resistance related material but jean milan's life is in many ways its own subject of interest existing as a venn diagram with resistance studies in general more importantly there are just so many interesting things about this person that a standard history won't provide it is a truth i find very interesting that people who know how to give their life also know how to live their life towards that end i would have felt remiss if i'd left you with only the war hero side of the story ralph waldo emerson once claimed every hero becomes a bore but if heroes are supposed to be boring that would be the one measure of a hero that the former prefect of chartres wouldn't meet to me that makes his story more interesting not less so here please allow me to digress from our talk of war to provide you with 10 not boring things about jean milan you won't hear in history class item number 1 a passionate lover of art once when he was between prefectural postings he rented an apartment in the bohemian montparnasse section of paris where he took classes during the day and by night would take long walks to the brothels of pagal to sketch the professional ladies as a sketch artist he frequently published political cartoons in the magazine la rire or the laughter under the pseudonym romanin It was under the same pseudonym that he had an art exhibition in Paris and provided the illustrations for an edition of the poetry of Tristan Colbert. This was after catching the eye of art critic Max Jacob, one of the first critics to discover and trumpet the work of Picasso. They both lived around the town of Quimper in Brittany for a while, and it's believed that Max Jacob was a huge influence in helping Mr. Milan to develop as an artist. and that Mr. Milan chose the code name Max during the war as a tribute to him this positive influence was not one-sided this is what max jacob once wrote of his former protege how to describe him how to define him some have spoken of him with the emphasis he's a light but no stupid stupid a light could be nothing more than the smoky end of a candle jean milan i think of him as a church votive whose influence reaches to heaven though we'll never know how and whose flame is a star no man could extinguish as max jacob died during the war it's interesting to note this quote was probably given without knowledge of jean milan's work in the resistance item number 2 as a law student he was often described as being very particular about his clothes presenting a stylish even chic appearance A picture from that period shows him with a group of 14 fellow students. While many have hats, he instead carries a walking stick to stand out. Almost all wear long ties. Mr. Milan wears a bow tie. Why? 
because even before the eleventh doctor gray star television screens in the new series of doctor who jean milan already knew the truth bow ties are cool item number three his charm was immense I came across a website once that talked about how the Germans who occupied his territory hated him and had him fired. The truth is, he lost his position due to a Vichy purge of all left-wing officials. The Germans actually wrote letters pleading he be kept because he was so good at his job. As mentioned in the last episode, they then gave him a goodbye tribute, complete with speeches. One even insisted on trading photos with him. The quote I read at the top of this episode did not come from a eulogy or even a friend. It's from a report on Mr. Milan compiled by the British intelligence agents who interviewed him during his journey to meet with General de Gaulle in London. Before the war, a political enemy once said of him, If he weren't associated with that horrible popular front, he'd be the most charming man in the world. Item number four, the sports cars. Ah, the sports cars. If I remember my research correctly, at least twice, Mr. Milan added a little spice to the quotidian demands of life as a civil servant by tooling around his department in shiny red convertibles. So if you're looking for a way to emulate this renowned hero in your life, driving a little red sports car would not be an inaccurate tribute. Item number five. When Mr. Milan was a child, there was a younger boy in the neighborhood whom none of the other children wanted to let in their game. Age is status amongst youngsters, and it was assumed a younger kid would ruin the fun. But young Jean put his foot down. Everyone should get a chance to play. The child in question was a young Marshal Bernard, and the protection Jean offered him from the others led to a lifelong friendship. Mr. Bernard was also a lover of cinema and cameras throughout his life, and it's thanks to him that the Jean Milan Museum in Paris has film strip footage of them both going to the beach or getting into snowball fights together. It was also Mr. Bernard who took the iconic photo of Mulan, standing against a wall in a dark coat and fedora with a black scarf around his throat. Later, during the war, one of Monsieur Frenet's complaints about Mr. Milan's leadership of the CNR was that funds and other resources that Mr. Frenet believed should have all gone to combat were instead shared with other, smaller, resistance groups. To me, this is just Marshal Bernard all over again. In his resistance, everyone should have their chance to contribute. Item number six. He was not a communist. Allow me to repeat this for the sake of clarity. He was not a communist. What Henri Frenet stated in his thinly veiled attempt at character assassination so many years ago has, against all reason, stuck. When I met an otherwise intelligent Englishman who lives near Béziers while on my honeymoon last year, I was confounded to find latecomers to this discussion like him are still being fed this falderall. There has never, ever been any evidence of this. Daniel Cordier wrote six volumes of multi-hundred-page histories looking into and discrediting this. For me, the most important evidence is this. Jean Milan was never a communist, because he was never a communist. The Communist Party was just that, a political party. They had members. They ran in elections. Not everything in communist history is like America in the 1950s. 
people in france could be and were and still are openly communist including mr milan's close friend pierre cot they were watched for subversive activity in some departments if memory serves milan's own administration took part in these when requested to but the reason they could be watched is they weren't freemasons they were public so the only way this accusation carries weight despite twenty years of active non-communist political life is if you believe jean milan was not the kind of person to stand up for his beliefs oh and that he also confided lifelong secrets to henri Frenet. if you need to take a moment to wrap your head around those concepts be my guest i still can't and i've been trying for years item number seven back to some fun stuff now once at a party amongst his law school friends he attended in a dress with a bonnet over his short hair and a fan in front of his face as this was back when bonnets and fans weren't that unusual for women he apparently suckered more than a few of his friends into asking hey who's the new girl before revealing the prank as far as i'm concerned any biography of this great hero that doesn't mention this prank is just taking your money item number eight if you go to the jean milan museum the one in bordeaux not the one in paris you'll be able to see an example of his interest in interior design life in the prefectural corps often meant living in assigned housing now i'm not talking about white house or governor's mansion assigned housing either in some cases it was no electricity no hot water housing somewhere along the way mr milan came to peace with this by redesigning some of the homes he was sent to live in if he had to accept the prefectural corps as it was then the corps prefectural had to accept him as he was hopefully it can be said that both were improved by this arrangement item number nine before all this talk of art and interior design gives you a very aesthetic picture of the former youngest prefect of france you should know he was quite an athlete swimming skiing biking boating dancing you name it he probably got into it skiing was the sport he seemed to stay with the longest he even managed a weekend skiing trip during the war if that seems shocking it would be good to remember that he was such a devotee of the sport that if he hadn't made a skiing trip in all those years anyone who knew him might have found it suspicious and the biking habit came in very handy during the war when he needed an unscrutinized way to travel between towns finally item number ten there's just no way of putting this politely we jean milan buffs are a funny sort of people from the essayist quoted in the guardian who likened him to a rock star whose back catalogue is constantly discovered by new generations to the author who published a fictionalized account of his life during the war to the oxford students who created a facebook group for the musical they wrote about him called jean milan jean milan ils et seduction which means exactly what you think it means there's also a song by the group mickey 3d and two tv movies on the subject i think i've already covered the museums on our blog i'll try to post my personal favorite in this very creative category a daily motion short film made by students that shows milan to be a cross between james bond and the tarantino character kicking down doors and fighting off nazis with a lightsaber so if you're considering becoming a buff on a new subject and this episode has whet your appetite i say to thee jean milan studies we have lightsabers
This concludes our episode, Jean Milan, The Man Behind the Masks, a.k.a. 10 Things You Won't Hear in History Class. You should know this list is not meant to be exhaustive. For example, we didn't get into the Club Jean Milan, founded after his death, or even the time he delivered a baby. But, just because I like to offer you, our devoted podcast listeners, a little extra something-something, I'll throw in point number 11. Point number 11 is... Jean Milan is one of two lead characters in a play called Les Alchemistes, which will run from July 25th to August 14th of this year, 2011, at Theatre Nord-West in Paris. I'll be there from July 25th until the 31st, so if anyone is in Paris at that time and would like to say hello, the information will be posted on our blog, french-resistance.blogspot.com. Finally, there is one last thought I'd like to leave you with on the subject of the life of Jean Moulin. Some say the greatest work of art any artist creates is their life. If that is the case, it would not be too much to cross-reference Mr. Milan's life with those of the last century's most memorable artists. What a work of art, indeed. The important thing to take away from this is if you've always wanted to be more like this celebrated hero, to stand up to something terrible, you don't have to wait for a Nazi invasion to do it. There are a lot of things in life worthy of resistance. Resist boredom. Resist February. Resist Tuesday. If you're an artist, go skiing. If you're an athlete, go hit up an art fair. Resist your own limited definitions of yourself. Despite all the famous quotes about sacrifice and patriotism on this subject, Despite the speech by André Malraux, which famously pronounced that on the day of his death, Jean Milan's broken, bloody face was the face of France. Despite all the great, profound quotes on the man, it's a quote by Hunter S. Thompson that always reminds me of this gentleman more than any other, when he said, Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body but rather a skid-in broadside in a cloud of smoke, loudly proclaiming, what a ride. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on this little digression. Tune in next time and grab your passports as we leave France for the country with the best record in the war when it comes to resistance, Denmark. We'll also visit the country with the worst record of collaboration during the war when we visit... Denmark, what? Hang on while I sort this out with our travel agent. Until then, vive la resistance.